0: What is up, guys, and welcome to Montreal Madness with your host, Tony Montreal. Hey, everyone. It's glad to be back with you for another episode. It's been a while since my last podcast. It's been about a good three weeks or so. But since then, uh, since three weeks ago until now, uh, not much has changed for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are undefeated still. And another thing that hasn't changed in those three weeks is the fact that all of sports media outside of Pittsburgh, even some within the Pittsburgh sports media, are still saying the same old thing where, you know, the Steelers, they don't, Um, look like an 11-0 team. Uh, They're the worst undefeated team ever. Um, There's no way they can beat the Chiefs um, the way they're playing and blah, blah, blah. Even today in Colin Coward's show, his opening um, segment was talking about how, in his mind, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, although they are 11-0, are not Super Bowl contenders in his opinion. Uh, He believes that The Steelers—they will go nowhere in the playoffs. They are going to lose at least two of their remaining five games in the schedule. You know, just just all that stuff where you know the Steelers always play down in their competition and everything like that. I really think that everybody who has that viewpoint to where you know the Steelers—you know—they're not even their top five power rankings and stuff like that. This isn't college football. I think we get so like infatuated on college football and where you know. Differences of opinion are what determine rankings, you know, and strength of schedule is such a big thing in college football. You know, you can be a you know Power 5 school in a Power 5 conference. You have three or four non-conference games. Half of those games of our which are, you know, Division 2 schools, you know, essentially tune-up games, you know. So all that comes into the equation in college football in determining who the best teams are in the NFL it's not like that at all you know these are professional football players every single player in the NFL that takes a snap onto the field is getting paid to do what they do as for the Pittsburgh Steelers you know i will admit i'll be the first one to admit you know they have not played the best the best in the NFL you know that argument is undeniably true um but the fact of the matter is they are 11 and 0 they are Perfect, You know, like Mike Tomlin said, they are not a perfect team, but their record is perfect. You know, the Steelers can only play the opponents that line up against them on any given game. You know, that is their sole focus. You know, they're not worried about, oh, the Chiefs schedule was much harder and they look more dominant against lesser competition. That does not matter. All of those people saying about how, oh, if the Steelers play like that, they'll never beat the Chiefs. That's all hypotheticals. You know, Mike Tomlin famously quotes, you know, I'm not in the business of hypotheticals. You know, exactly. You know, you can't dictate how your team is based upon a team that you will not play in the regular season and might. Uh, it's a big might. You might see them in the playoffs in the AFC championship game. Outside of that, I don't really care um, how bad the Steelers are playing against the competition that they're facing I don't I don't care about that the fact of the matter is they are 11 and0 now if you want to get into the technical details behind why they did not perform well against against Baltimore well you know take any team you know they're scheduled to play on a Sunday and have that game removed um, three different times like it's football players more than any other sport. You know to exist. They are such a routine, routine habit players, meaning you know it's a given. You're gonna play on either a Sunday or Monday night, or or a Sunday afternoon uh, game, Sunday night, Monday night, um, with the occasional Thursday night football game thrown in there. You know that going into a season. This year, it's a crapshoot of when you'll actually play. You know all these players' routines are you know, off and everything this year, more so the Steelers-Ravens game. So, yes, they were sloppy because, honestly, it was expected for them to be sloppy. You know, I'm glad that Mike Tomlin, after the game, hounded on how the Steelers, you know, were far from perfect, that they were downright, and I quote, sucking, um, end quote, <laughs> uh, yesterday. But that was to be expected, though. You know, name another game where the wide receivers of Pittsburgh are going to drop seven or eight passes. Ain't going to happen. You know, when's the next time Pittsburgh's going to muff a punt um, or give up a 70-yard passing play based on a bad tackle? That's not going to happen. It was just a fluky game. The Steelers ended up winning that fluky game, and now they're 11-0. And speaking of playing against crappy teams or playing down to their competition, how many times have the Steelers losing against lesser teams and costing them. You know, how many times has that happened over the past decade or so? You know, it was no more than two years ago where the Steelers finished 9, 6, and 1. If they beat the 4 and 12 Raiders late in the year, they their record improves to 10, 5, and 1, and they get the sixth seed in the playoffs. In 2017, the year they went 13 and 3 and lost to Jacksonville in the playoffs, they lost to the Bears early in the year. Their final record at the end of the year was 3 and 13. The Bears only won 3 games in 2017. The quarterback was Mike Glennon. They ended up beating the Steelers uh in Chicago in overtime. If they win that game, they approved the 14 and 2. And although that the Steelers lost um to the Patriots in the regular season, they would still have been the number 1 seed cuz they would have been one more win ahead of the Patriots You know They tied in the regular season And the Patriots had the head-to-head um, uh, Winner between the two That's why they got the number one seed If the Steelers beat the Bears, they get the number one seed Regardless of whether they beat the Patriots or not They get a much fav- favorable matchup Against Tennessee Because they just could not match up well against Jacksonville You know, they could have ran that game You know, ten times out of ten Pittsburgh's only only winning that game twice or three times Jacksonville just at that time Matched up very well against Pittsburgh So Pittsburgh gets the number one seed, they face Tennessee, more than likely beat them, and then they face the Patriots in the AFC Championship game at Heinz Field, and although they lost in the regular season to them that year, they knew that they could beat them. They were one complete bullshit call away from beating the Patriots. They had their number. I believe they'd go on to the um, AFC Championship game, win that, and go to the Super Bowl. But alas, no. Why? All because they couldn't beat the Bears, the 3-13 Bears. The Steelers this year... They're yes, they're they are playing down their competition sometimes, but they're finding ways to win those games now. So why are we complaining as Steelers fans? Like why? You know we're beating the the teams we should beat. You know we're not losing to them like we were in years past. The Chiefs haven't had a spectacular schedule to begin with either. You know let's see here, they face the Broncos twice a year, they face the Chargers twice a year, and by the way, one of those Chargers games. It took them overtime to beat them at the beginning of the year. They lost to the Raiders once, and it also took a last-minute touchdown drive for them to beat them the second time. Uh, they played the Patriots this year, but we all know who the Patriots are. They're a less than 500 team. they only even get me started when they played the 0-11 Jets, the winless Jets. Don't even get me started on that. And then Tampa Bay. You know, yes, they beat Tampa Bay and Tom Brady 27-24. Now, and the stats all show that, you know, the Chiefs dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and everything like that. The stats prove that. However, though, as much as they dominated Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay only lost by a field goal. That's it. For as bad as Tampa Bay played, with the turnovers and allowing the big plays on defense, they still were able to keep in the game and only lose it by a field goal. You know, so that just goes to show me right there that if you don't turn turn over the ball... You don't let the Chiefs' offense make those splash plays. They are easily beatable. I mean, yes, the Chiefs are a really good team, but so are the Steelers, guys. They are a really good team, too. You know, they just don't do it like Kansas City. You know, Kansas City, they are a, you know, a big splash play team on offense. They can score at will. They can put a 75 yard drive in the end zone in less than two, three minutes. You know, the Steelers, they're they are a methodical offense. They are a team that likes to hold on to the ball. You know, that's them, you know. But the Steelers, they're still in the top five or six in points four. Um, you know, so the Steelers, they put up points just in a different way. And, you know, the defense, the Steelers' defense is what's going to win them big games, especially against Kansas City. You know, Kansas City, they have not played a defense like like Pittsburgh since the Patriots last year in the regular season when they only won 23-17. to 17. You know, they haven't faced a defense like that in over a year. So that's just another way that the Steelers are just as good, if not better, than Kansas City. All this stuff about you know hypotheticals and everything it's so redundant and pointless because it's not going to happen unless the Steelers and Chiefs face each other in the AFC championship game unless that happens all that stuff about oh I'm gonna have the uh, the Steelers ranked fifth in my um, power rankings because you know I believe this team can beat this team and this team this team can beat that team well unless it happens I don't give a shit you know that's all for ratings and hot takes and stuff I'm not in the business of that I tell it like it is And how it is, is that the Steelers are 11 0. They are undefeated. They are a game ahead of the Chiefs for the number one seed. And that is all that matters. Doesn't matter what they look like or how their performance is on the field. If they can just win and beat their opponents lined up across from them, I don't care. And, you know, another thing about all this stuff about the Chiefs are, you know, the old Patriots of the day and everything. You know, for 20 years, the Patriots was a standard. And everybody thought, you know, their way of winning um, was the way it should be and how you win Super Bowls. No, it's just one way to be good as a team. It's just one way to win a Super Bowl. You know, Kansas City, you know, everyone likes to think as Kansas City as the top dog in the NFL right now, and their way is splash plays on offense, moving the ball, marching it right up down the field, and complementary defense. You know, can your defense get turnovers and, you know, put Patrick Mahomes and that offense in short fields? You know, The Steelers, you know, they do it a different way. You know, just because Kansas City does it this way, you know, does not mean that's the blueprint for winning games and winning Super Bowls. No, that's just one way of doing it. You know, stop fixating yourselves on the old Patriots ways. Stop fixating on, uh, you know, the Kansas City and what they do as a team. You know, no, the Steelers are a really good team just in their own way. So, like I said, I know... The Baltimore game was an ugly win. You know, you had receivers dropping balls left and right. But, I mean, my God, the defense, you know, if not for a muff punt and a a missed tackle, they shut the Baltimore's offense out. They don't even score a point. And, you know, when was the last time the Steelers, you know, had four trips inside the 10-yard line and only came away with one touchdown out out of four tries? There's no way in hell the Steelers are doing that again. Like, no, it was a fluke game because of some fluke scheduling shit that goes on. And, you know, that's that's the product you got in the field. You know, the Steelers, they will not play like that against Washington. Now, although Washington, yes, they are four and seven, but they are a way different team than what they were in the first five or six weeks of the season. Alex Smith is playing really good. He's not really turned the ball over. The running backs and wide receivers are making plays, they have a lot of playmakers. On defense, they are just playing solid football. They're not doing anything flashy, but they're not they're not doing anything stupid either. They're keeping the offense in games. So I honestly I expect another closely contested game come Monday night against the Washington football team. You know I don't see the Steelers you know blowing this one out. But you know what they have proven to me eleven times this year that no matter how well or how you know, well not they're playing, they find a way to win games. Um, so although it's going to be a close game, at least a one possession game going in the fourth quarter, I believe, um, the Steelers will find a way to win. They will improve to 12 and zero, and hopefully we'll get some help from Kansas city this week, but I doubt that happens, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I have the Steelers winning this, uh, 27 to 21. And then that sets up the big matchup. Um, With the Bills come Sunday night, almost a week and a half from now. And to me, if you're going to play all these hypotheticals about, you know, um, you Steelers haven't beaten anybody good, you know, they're playing lesser teams, they're barely beating them, blah, blah, blah. If you want to throw any hypothetical out there, here it is. How the Steelers play against the Bills is how they would play against the Chiefs if they meet them in the playoffs you know Josh Allen resembles a lot like Patrick Mahomes he's a gunslinger he'll throw up 40 45 times that game almost a guarantee Um, just the way the Bills run that offense is eerily similar to how Kansas City runs their offense they they can be quick strike they can uh, move the ball at will down the field at times Um, so that's going to be a real testament to see how well they do against the Bills and how well they would hypothetically do against the Chiefs if they would play them. Um so that's a really good matchup to look forward to if you're a Steelers fan. I actually want that matchup. You know, I'm not oblivious to the fact that the Steelers haven't played really a lot of quality quarterbacks this year outside of Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill, and Lamar Jackson, and you know, they beat all three of those guys. So I just I really want to see this Bills Steelers uh matchup to see how well the Steelers defense does against a really good, strong-armed quarterback who can fit any ball into any place. And, you know, speaking of good quarterbacks, before I end this show today, I just want to talk a little about Big Ben. You know, to me, if you ask me, he had his absolute best game of the year yesterday. You know, now I know what you're thinking. Like, what are you saying? He was 36 for 51. He only had 266 yards passing, one touchdown, one pick. Doesn't sound like a really good game, not a bad game, but it wasn't a great game, but you got to understand is he, almost every pass he made was right on the money. I mean, his timing with his receivers yesterday was so perfect. I mean, he was hitting guys in the hands and the hips, even the face max at times. The Steelers receivers and tight ends, uh, they couldn't just catch a ball. You know, if they catch at least half of those drops, they score two more touchdowns. You know, Deontay Johnson had a drop on a slant pattern. If he catches that, you know, he's in the end zone for a touchdown more than likely. Chase Claypool, he drops one in the end zone. He catches that. That's a definite touchdown. Um, so there, there's there's two plays right there to where you wouldn't be talking about this right now, about the Steelers, you know, playing down their competition, if those two guys just make two routine catches right there. You know, Big Ben in that last, you know, drive of the game, the third and sixth of James Washington. You know, I was listening to Stephen A. and Max Kellerman earlier on ESPN First Take. Um, They were saying about how Big Ben, you know, he should have been picked off there. Should have been a pick six. That was a terrible throw. You know, at first when you're watching the game, you know, when that play happened, it did look like it had the potential to be picked, and it was a bad throw. But if you look at the uh, the back uh, camera angle, where you can see the whole offensive line of Big Ben, you know, vertically up the field. He floats that ball right in the James Washington where only he can catch that. I mean, he was right on the money, right between his hands where the chest is. I mean, he put that right there on a dime, floated in there. I mean, that was his best pass of the 2020 season, in my opinion. That You couldn't have thrown that any better. And like I said, Big Ben, I you know, during his post game and even his press conference today, he was saying about how, you know, he sucked and, you know, he needs to get better. You know, I I hope he's just saying that because he played his absolute best game yesterday. If not for those seven or eight, even nine-drop balls, um, I don't know the exact number, but it was in between there. If not for that, the Steelers blow this team out. They blow Baltimore out. So like I'm saying, Big Ben had his best game of the year. He's looking good. Um, The only real question mark that concerns me about the Steelers is is their offense in a little bit. You know, at the beginning of the season, the first six or seven weeks before they met Baltimore the first time, this offense was a methodical offense. They were a short passing offense and they were moving the ball really effectively. You know, they were getting good gains on first and second down, making it third and manageable and converting those third downs. But it's like they've hit a little um, uh, stalemate here within the offense. Um, they're getting a little too stubborn with the short passing game. You know, they, you know, other teams now know what the Steelers are doing. You know, their identity is that short, shallow crossing route, slant pattern, you know, passing game now. Teams are, you know, um, zoning in on that, and they're playing more tighter coverage. So the Steelers, you have to do one, do more double moves and throw the ball down the field to get them to back off, or two, start running the ball. And it's almost like they're, it's not like the running game is bad. It's just they don't stick with it. They're too impatient with the running game. Unless they're getting seven or eight yards of carry on the first couple drives, you know, they just abandon the running game. You know, they can't do that because then you, you know, eliminate play action passing, you know, which used to be such a big part of the offense not that too long ago. So I just think like if they can just get rid of their ego and stubbornness on offense and play calling you know, and just mix it up a little bit, trust in the running game a little bit more. That old, you know, short style passing game that was working so effectively for the Steelers in the first half of the year, they can use that weapon again, you know, come late the regular season into the postseason, if you have something else that you're able to do, like throw it over the top or run the ball. So they've got to be more balanced, they've got to mix it up, and they got to stop with this mindset that their short passing game is the running game. Because right now both are sucking so you gotta you know you gotta get that running game going and for the life of me benny snell you know i know i've been saying this all year throughout the season but Benny Snell proved to me uh, yesterday against Baltimore, you know, 16 carries for 60 some yards, not eye popping stats or anything, but my God, he wore that Baltimore defense out by the end of the game. I mean, he was running over guys and, you know, getting four or five yards a, a carry when he should have been up in the line of scrimmage. James Conner, I'm sorry. Great story and everything. He does not have the strength that Benny Snell has um you know he just could not have broken those tackles that Benny Snell did against Baltimore to move the sticks and to help the offense out you know chew some clock down late in the game you know James Conner I'm sorry he just can't do that on a consistent basis you know he might have a game once every 4 or 5 games where he can put up close to 100 yards and you know, break a couple tackles and you know whatnot, he can't do that on a consistent basis, you know. Benny Snell, he has the physique and he has the talent to be that guy on a consistent basis. You know, he's a one-cut back, hit the hole, and run over you. Connor, he tries to play that one-cut, I'll run over you game. More often than not, he's really hesitant in the line of scrimmage, and the hole's not there. He starts dancing around. Benny Snell, the hole's not there. He either bounces out the outside full steam. Or he just runs over you for a gain of one or two yards instead of a you know, negative three or four play like we've seen James Conner from the past few weeks before he got COVID. So, you know, that is really the only couple issues I have with this team right now um, going into the uh, last stage of the regular season into the postseason. But overall, just the main thing to take away from this, guys, is that the Steelers are 11-0 and and they are just, they're a really good team. They're just not a... They just don't do it the way Kansas City does, and that's okay. It doesn't mean they're a bad team. doesn't mean they're not a Super Bowl contending team because they are. They The Steelers team is a legit Super Bowl contender. They just don't do it the same way as the Chiefs do. So... I just I really look forward to the day that the Steelers play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I actually want that game to happen to prove everybody out there that you don't have to do it the Chiefs' way in order to make it to the Super Bowl and win it. No, the Steelers need to keep playing Steeler football, win with defense, compliment on offense, and do your thing. Uh if they keep doing that, despite what the um, you know, that they win by five points or fifty points, the Steelers are looking good. And you know, last thing before I um, end this uh, episode here today is I feel really bad for Bud Dupree. Um, it didn't actually look that bad, you know, during the game. You know, he got up after that, or after that um, he fell um, limping a little bit, but didn't look like a torn ACL. So that was really weird. You know, when I heard about that news this morning, that it was confirmed that it was a torn ACL. You know, most of those um, plays end up with the player in a stretcher. You know, not him just limping off into the locker room. So that was a little surprising to hear that news. As far as how it's going to affect the Steelers, you know, it is a big loss when you lose a guy who had eight sacks in 11 games. So it's just it it does suck. However, um, he's just one piece of the 11-man puzzle on defense. You know, the Steelers team is still um, star-studded on defense with T.J. Hayward to it, Vince Williams, Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, and emerging Mike Hilton. They are still loaded on defense. So although it's going to hurt the Steelers a little bit, it's not going to be game-defining. You know, Bud Dupree, as good of a player he is, he's not game-defining. You know who is game-defining? T.J. Watt. You know who is game-defining? Minka Fitzpatrick. And you know who is game-defining? Ben Roethlisberger. You as one of those three players, then yes, you have an argument saying, oh, shit, the Steelers are in trouble. But until those one of those three guys are are done and hurt, um, you know, it should not affect the Steelers winning and losing wise. But other than that, I feel like this is a really good episode, guys. Um I kept it a little short, not much to talk about um other than uh Penn State they got their first win against Michigan. Whoop the freaking do. Uh, Their program is still a mess. Um, I hope you liked my last episode a couple weeks ago with some of my friends who were actually collegiate athletes in uh, J.D. Wyant and Tanner College. You know, I really want to start doing that again, getting some more guests on the podcast and everything. So hopefully that'll be something that um, we'll have to look forward to in the near future. Like always, make sure to follow me on Twitter and on Facebook um, at Montreal Madness. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to my podcast on Spotify and on iTunes. And until next time, guys, have a good one.